What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? And welcome in. Here we are. Uh, on the road, an audio-only edition. But, my friend, we have made it. It is championship weekend. Here we go. Oh, my God. How are we feeling? It feels like I, we we crawled here. Like I've been waiting for this for so long, and then last weekend we had to watch Florida and LSU, and I was with all Gator fans. And it, for me, it felt like I was scouting for championship because our game didn't even matter for Alabama. You know, bro. Last Saturday was just brutal. I mean, and especially for Ohio State fans too, because you know it was supposed to be the game. It was supposed to be yep. a big day. You know, we ended up not playing. Um, you know, and that's that. It, like as you said, that's just kind of how it's felt this entire season. It just felt like we've crawled here, but here we are. We have a slate of games where, uh, you know, college football playoff implications all over the place. Uh, you and I have an idea of what we think is going to happen, but uh, you know, every uh, championship weekend you got to play it out on the field. So yeah, there's always madness. <laughs> yeah, always, uh, and there's always good matchups to be found, uh, even in the small championship games, which you and I are always excited about. So let's go ahead and get right into it, man. Uh, Friday night actually kicks off the festivities. We have three championship games on Friday night, uh, starting with the Ryan Conference USA championship game, UAB Marshall, Marshall four and a half point favorites. Who are you liking in this matchup? I'm going to have to take Marshall. We know two weeks ago, Grant Wells went out there and threw five interceptions versus Charlotte. I think it was like the first time they were shut out in, what, 15 years. But Marshall's the better team here. And UAB is one and four against the spread on the road. I'm going to have to take the five and two against the spread team. Like, I mean, it's just a much better Marshall team. And we know crazy things happen during uh, conference championships, but I'm taking the better team. Yeah, I, I agree that Marshall is the better team here. Uh, I'm I'm going with UAB plus four and a okay. half for a couple different reasons. I like the experience that UAB is bringing into this game. That uh, you know, I I look at past years a lot when I look at games like this. Um, they're seeking redemption after just getting walloped last year by uh, oh the Fighting Lane Giffins, forty nine to six. Uh, but the year before that, they went on the road and won this game at Middle Tennessee State, twenty seven twenty five. Uh, so this program has shown. Uh, to have that grip, even going on the road here at Marshall. Both teams are getting it done with defense. I'm liking a very low-scoring game, and because of that, uh, I'm taking the points here, plus four and a half. All right, uh, next up, we have the MAC Championship game, uh, which closely follows Conference USA title game. We got Ball State and Buffalo. Buffalo here as a 13.5-point favorite. I'll go ahead and start, Brad. Um, I'm liking Buffalo here, minus 13.5. This is a little bit opposite of the Conference USA title game, where I think we're going to see a very high-scoring game. And because of that, um, I like the point spread. Uh, Jared Patterson's just having an unbelievable season for Buffalo. Uh, I think they win by 21. Uh, they're 7-1 and against the spread in their last eight games. Uh, Ball State has covered in their last three, uh, but here is just where Buffalo is a much better team. Uh, give me the point spread in the shootout. Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo here as well. Uh, a couple reasons. Jared Patterson is just having a phenomenal season, 123 attempts. Uh, 1,000 yards and 18 touchdowns on the ground. And he's averaging 8.3 yards per run. I mean, this is a 5'9 back who's That's acting like, uh, man, uh, kind of like a, a Ray Rice, kind of like the way he can get separation. But when you look at Ball State, who they've played, they haven't even had as tough as a road as Buffalo, and Buffalo's still doing better. We know Ball State's a solid team here um, with a 5-1-1 record, 3-3 three three against the spread. But yeah, like this is going to be a 20-point victory. I think I'm thinking it's somewhere going to be like 
55 to 21. Yeah, that's uh, exactly where I can see this going. I mean, dude, Buffalo rushed for over 400 yards in their last game. I mean, I just, I think they're going to be completely unstoppable. Ball State can definitely uh, put up some points, get it done in the passing game, but I really think the 13 and a half is way too low of a uh, total. Uh, or it's crazy, price, too, so. to think that um, early in the season, you know, all the Maction fans were like, Van Treese, this is his year, but I, I, it's hard for him to even throw over 100 yards with, you know, with Patterson. Right dominating right uh yeah i think buffalo has clearly been the best team in the mac this season and i think they prove it on friday night all right we got the uh pac-12 championship game at eight o'clock p.m on friday night it was supposed to be washington versus usc uh but washington uh not enough eligible players because of covid uh protocol so uh we have oregon coming in here to face usc which this is the game we thought we were gonna have um at the beginning of the year but here we go usc Three-point favorites. Let's briefly talk about USC and UCLA, Brad, uh, because we talked about them on the podcast last week, and I think that was a really good precursor for this game. You and I both yes. took USC in that game, and what a performance by that Trojan team, man. On the road, they go down early against a very good UCLA team. Who, a much-improved right, UCLA team, who, yes. Uh, just proved to be that this season. Just hats off to Chip Kelly. He actually may have that program going in the right direction, and it ended up being a really another just – Phenomenal performance from Keaton Slavis. I think USC wins this game hands down. I think it is their year in the Pac-12. Oregon is just, I feel like this year, in this brief season, they're a little bit of a shell of themselves and what their program represents. They're giving up 28 points per game. They don't have the physicality. Uh, They were really missing Herbert uh, in this transition year. Oregon will bounce back as a program, but I think this year it belongs to USC. Yeah, Slavis is having an amazing season. 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns, only four interceptions. And like you said, that UCLA game was kind of the only game on the schedule that was going to be the benchmark of what we would see in the championship game. I prepared this for Washington, and then I heard the Oregon news, and I was like, either way, it doesn't change my outlook on on USC. And I hope that this win, this victory, will be enough to get them into New Year's, New Year's Six. I think they have to because they're Pac-12 champion. But they deserve some kind of recognition for at least being a some kind of thought in the playoff championship. You know, I mean, I like I like the minus three here. Three point spreads are always tough, um, especially you want to take the dog here. But I have to take USC. I haven't seen one thing from Oregon since the beginning of the season yep. that indicates they will be able to keep up with USC. Right. USC proved in that game that they can face adversity and still win the game and still cover the spread at that. Yeah, and, and even though they're not going to be considered for a college football playoff spot, uh, still a great opportunity for them to take the Pac-12, compete in, in a New Year's Six game, and uh, you know, yep. head in the right direction. Uh, it's been a Absolutely. very weird year in the Pac-12 just because the season was so short. Um, so unfortunately, they're not going to be considered. But what a great season for them. And I think they cap it off with a title on Friday night. All right, man, let's go ahead and go into the games on Saturday. Let's start yes. with the Big Ten Championship game at 12 o'clock. Number 14, Northwestern, uh, winning the West decisively, I might add. Uh, number four, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State here, 20.5-point favorites. And I have no problem taking Ohio State here minus 20.5. And, and it's really just simply that Northwestern is not going to score enough points. Ohio State is averaging 46.6 points per game, 530 total yards per game. Uh, just completely dominant on that side of the ball. And I know that Northwestern has a good defense, but guys, Northwestern plays – a defense like this every year. 
They, uh, yep. Whenever they put together a season like this, which they did in 2018, they won the West and they played Ohio State. Um, I think we were favored by like 17 or 18 in that game, and uh, we ended up barely covering. Uh, but uh, this Northwestern offense, it just is it, it is not going to have enough to keep up with the Buckeyes. Um, and Ohio State has just been dominant in their Big Ten games. They're 12 and five against the spread in their last 17 games in the Big Ten, and that tells me that uh, they have no problem covering big spreads. No, totally agree with you here. And lucky for us, uh, Northwestern has been pretty good against the spread. So the, the spread is kind of staying put. I like Ohio State. I took Ohio State first half to I think it was minus 11 and a half. It's it's just a, a better offense versus a, a kind of a non-existent offense. Yeah. I mean, you look at that Michigan State game, um, Northwestern versus Michigan State was what, 20 to 29 when they lost and their only slip up. But then the week before that, they only put up 17 points against Wisconsin. I think that they're their ceiling's probably somewhere around 21 points. And I fully expect Ohio State to go out there and just pile on the points. We talked about this earlier in the podcast where Ryan Day does not give two craps about low unloading points because he knows that he wants to put the best impression on what? Look at the recruits. Great national signing day. And also on the committee. He wants no explanations. Like we were watching ESPN and we saw ESPN disrespect Ohio State and say that if Ohio State does not, even if Ohio State finishes undefeated, they can be left out of the playoffs. We don't want that. We don't want that at all. And neither does Ryan Day. So I fully expect this to be a great cover. It's a great point, Brad, uh, about Ryan Day is that he's he is not going to let his foot off the gas. Uh, no. He wants his boys to have a good perception of themselves going into the playoff and really feeling like they earned that spot and not listening to the media because – uh, when Ohio State wins this game by 21 or more, and when they do get into the playoff, they're going to have to hear about it uh, for weeks leading up to the game. So it's going to be a very interesting storyline to follow, and I think it starts here with a dominant performance. All right, uh, Absolutely. let's move on here to this next one. Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship game. Uh, I would say a much more interesting matchup. This one is a rematch. Uh, Iowa State bested Oklahoma back in October. It is number six Iowa State, number 10 Oklahoma. The Sooners are five and a half point favorites here. Who do you like? Listen, I've been back and forth on this game, and I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma. Iowa State's putting together one of the most impressive seasons. Last year, I watched them in the Citrus Bowl um, to end the year, and you know, you could tell that they had the pieces, and they're finally coming together. But I mean, Oklahoma in their last six has just been dominant. Five and one against the spread, five and one as a favorite. This is a battle of two good teams. So I'm just going to trust the better offense. Yeah. Oklahoma has very quietly gotten themselves back into this position. As you mentioned, five and one against the spread in their last six, uh, Spencer Rattler putting together a uh, much better season than, than I thought we were going to see after some struggles early on. Um, and for me, this is really Spencer Rattler and Lincoln Riley versus Brees Hall. I mean, Brees Hall has been an absolute yeah. beast this season. Um, you know, that's why Iowa state is where they are today. Um, I don't think that Oklahoma is going to lose to Iowa State uh, because there's no way they're going to lose to the same team twice in one season. Not Oklahoma. Not a chance. Not a chance. Lincoln's not doing that. Um, However, I'm going to take Iowa State with the points here, five and a half, and I'm also going to hope that I get to six or six and a half. But I because I just I really do believe it's going to be a close game. Uh, and, and and it was back and forth for me where I was leaning Oklahoma, and I was leaning Oklahoma because dudes are going for their fourth straight. Big 12 title. 
Um, they have completely dominated this game. They've completely dominated this league. So I don't think there's any way they're going to lose the game. But with the point spread that high, I'll take Iowa State uh, just thinking that this is going to be a close game. I really think that for this year alone, I think that the talent level is pretty even on the field. Because I think Oklahoma is, you know, trying to find their identity here with Spencer Rattler. But I think they find it with a win here. Um, and moving forward, they're going to continue to be the best team in this conference. But I'm looking for a competitive game here on Saturday. Uh, all right. Uh, Sunbelt Conference Championship game. Probably the most high-profile Sunbelt uh, matchup in the conference's history. I mean, I would, uh, yes. I would, I <laughs> would say God. that. Uh, number 19, Louisiana. Number 12, Coastal Carolina. Uh, Coastal Carolina, one of the stories of the year in college football. They are three-point favorites, and they're at home. Who do you like? Man, it's tough to beat the same team twice in one season. We know that. And we know that Louisiana is playing really good. But I think that Coastal Carolina game they had against, uh, who was it, Troy, was a wake-up call. That, listen, if you want to finish this perfect season, you can't go out there and look ahead. It was definitely a look-ahead game, and they escaped. So I'm going to take minus three here. If it was probably any higher, I would have to go to Louisiana. But I, you know how both of us feel that the minus three is kind of like a pick em. Yep. And I think Coastal's going to win the game. Like I said, Louisiana's playing really great, but I'm going to go ahead and and take Grayson McCall in this great rushing attack. Yeah, that's my same reasoning, man. Like, I'm I'm taking Coastal here minus three. Now, I, I wanted to lean Louisiana. Um, they're coming in here with the experience. They've been in – this is their third straight appearance in this game. They've lost to Appalachian State in, in those last two uh, title games. They're going on the road again uh, looking for redemption. They really impressed me with their road win at Appalachian State a couple weeks ago. Uh, as you said, you know, Coastal obviously had their impressive win over BYU, but uh, they had that 42-38 win against Troy last week. Good wake-up call. And for me, it, it, it came down to the minus three. Uh, it's essentially a pick yeah. for me. And I think Coastal finishes their storybook year. I think they win the conference. I just think it's their year in the Sun Belt. Uh, Grayson McCall is going to have a great game, and I think that uh, they're going to win it. going to be tough for Louisiana, man, to be in this game three years in a row, and I think they're going to lose it three years in a row. Uh, but it's so, going to be brutal. Yeah, but sometimes that, that's just how it falls, especially when you're facing a team like Coastal, who is just putting together just such a storybook year. All right, 4 o'clock p.m. Uh, we probably have the most hyped game besides the SEC championship uh, of the day. Number two, Notre Dame. Number three, Clemson. The rematch. Trevor Lawrence coming in <laughs> here. Uh, he's going to be starting at QB, so it's going to be a whole different ball game for the Fighting Irish. Clemson favored by 10.5 points. Keep in mind here, folks, this line opened at 7.5 and the money just started pouring in on Clemson, um, and it looks to have settled at around 10.5 here. So I will go ahead and start. Uh, you know, we've been talking about this game all year. I think Clemson is going to dominate this game. I think they win by more than 10.5. I think I'm looking for a 17-point victory for, here for Clemson. I know that they had a rough first half against Virginia Tech last week. They picked it up in the second half. But this is what I've been saying about Clemson, is that they play up for the big games, and they don't play up – when it's yeah. not a big game, that's just how it is. That's just how this program operates. And it's been like that for years. They're coming in here. It's the rematch. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence has ever been in a situation where he is going to be more um, motivated than he will be in this game to come in and show that Clemson is not only the dominant team, but that they are still the dominant program. I'm taking Clemson here. I'm taking Clemson as well. And I'm so mad. I was so I tried so hard to stay awake for when the lines dropped. And the only line I got was that Ohio State line that only moved by, what, one point? Clemson's going to just just annihilate Notre Dame. I'm not worried about their pass game because, like we said before, that 
Dabo likes to kind of run this experimental gameplay against lesser opponents where he's okay with running it, practicing his two minute offense when there's eight minutes left to go in the game. They are going to be up for this game so much. Yeah. Look at every rematch in big games that Dabo's had. Like even look at the Alabama rematch where Dabo just destroyed, destroyed and dismantled Alabama. Dabo has been watching that Notre Dame film every day. I guarantee it. And I, I don't see another 40 to whatever shootout. I see a lot closer of a match until Clemson just pulls away. Yeah. Where it's going to end up being a, a everyone's going to start thinking, does Notre Dame even deserve a shot at the playoffs? And we're not going to know the answer to that. And that's what I think, man. I think that Notre Dame is going to have such an underwhelming performance. And I think they're still going to get in the playoff. And that's just, you know, that's what we've been saying. I think that's how this is going to play out. Notre, uh, Notre Dame is going to fall from two to four. And then they're going to get blown out by Alabama. I mean, because when you have back-to-back games against Clemson and Alabama, uh, as Notre Dame uh, might have, and hopefully Ohio State is going to be looking to have, I mean, that's the big boys. That's where, yep. you know, these are the top programs in the country. So uh, in a game like this, I I just don't think they're up for it. They're not going to score enough points, and I think Clemson pulls away. Uh, and I can't, wait totally to see, and I can't wait to see that play out. All right. Mountain West Championship game uh, around the same time, 4.15 p.m. Eastern time here. This game played in Las Vegas at Sam Boyd Stadium right off the strip. Uh, <laughs> great setting for uh, this game. Number 24, San Jose State, with which for a lot of people probably came out of nowhere. Um, those who weren't following this conference very closely, the committee having San Jose State number 24, they're undefeated, folks. And then we got Boise State. Boise State, the darlings of the Mountain West Conference. They're six and a half point favorites here. I'll go ahead and start. Here's another situation where I wanted to take Boise State because of the experience. I think Boise State, Wins the game, but I think there's no way they're going to blow them out. So I'm taking San Jose State here with the points at plus six. Yes. That's yes. how I'm feeling. So, Me yeah, as ahead. well, Miles. I am so glad you said that. Yeah. This is the this is only the fifth conference championship appearance for the San Jose team. Two years ago, if you would have said in 2020, San Jose, San Jose State is going to make it to their conference championship, I would have said you are smoking something and you should never – Get on a podcast. Look at this team. 5-0-1 against the spread in their last six. I think that San Jose is actually a live underdog. To me, the games that I've watched San Jose play are more telling than what? Some of the victories that Boise State has had. Like no one cares about the Air Force game. They got dominated by BYU. We all know how bad Colorado State is. Hawaii is having a down year. And Wyoming is Wyoming. So, like, why would we not think that San Jose could keep up with these guys? Yeah, and, and the Spartans uh, have won games this year as 7.5-point dogs, 10-point yes. dogs. I mean, they've they've consistently been in this spot, and they're being undervalued and underappreciated, uh, as you said, with that 5-0-1 record against the spread. So, I will look for them to cap off an undefeated uh, record against the spread. Um, Boise State has never lost a game to San Jose State, which I thought was very interesting. But uh, this is a new year, man, and I think that Boise State's getting – uh, such a high spread because of the brand. And I think that the Spartans are going to compete. Yeah, absolutely. And and people are going to drive that up all the way until game time. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got two to go here. Uh, the American Athletic Conference Championship game uh, getting an 8 o'clock p.m. start this year, uh, usually a 12 o'clock start. Number 23, Tulsa. Number 9, Cincinnati. Uh, they're 14 and a half point favorites here at home. Uh, I like Cincinnati, and uh, UC here uh, I think is going to win this game uh, by over 20 points. I think Luke Fickle is uh, not going to hold anything back. 
he knows that Cincinnati has no chance at the college football playoff, but I really think that Luke Fickle wants to make a statement here. Uh, UC has an 18, uh, or has won 18 straight at home and with an average margin of victory of 22.4. They lead the conference in almost every defensive category and Desmond Ritter playing really well. Um, I just haven't seen enough from Tulsa uh, to think that they can keep up with Cincinnati and cover this spread. So I'll just go with the more dominant team here. I'm actually going to be on uh, Tulsa. Um, reason being, Tulsa is 6-1 and one against spread in their last seven. But what's really telling to me and what this feels like, it's going to be one of those gritty, low-scoring 10-point victories by Cincinnati. Because Tulsa is only allowing 22.5 points per game. Any other team, we think like if a Georgia or an Alabama is only allowing that, then we're like middle-of-the-road conference. But this is one of the best points per game in the American, because you think about the teams that they faced and and the explosiveness, like the SMU only holding them to 24 points or Tulsa, I mean, uh, Tulane only holding them to 24 points. So I'm okay with taking this. Even on the road in their last five, they're doing pretty good with 5-0 and against the spread. I think that, you know, Luke Fickle is going to get this ranked signature win. But I, I mean, I don't see it being more than a 14-point game. And right there, I'm going to be living on the hook. Yeah, I can't argue uh, against it at all uh, with so many points being there. Uh, you know, especially with Tulsa, you know, hasn't, um, you know, gotten a lot of recognition this year, where Cincinnati has been the story in the conference. Uh, so not a lot of people know about Tulsa. They've been a very good team. They, they, they've had a great yeah. season, as you said, also uh, doing very well covering the spreads. Um, so, yeah, that one, uh, you know, pick your dog and, and ride him. I mean, 14 and a half points Absolutely. Uh, is a lot of points for a championship game, but uh, I will I will stick with the Bearcats there, going with Luke Fickle. All right, let's go ahead and cap it off, man. Uh, the SEC championship game, uh, 8 o'clock p.m., number seven, Florida, number one, Alabama. Uh, Bama open as 14-point favorites. They are all the way up to 17-point favorites. Lay it on me. How you feeling? <laughs> My God. So when this line... When this line opened, it opened at 14, and <laughs> I saw this game as a 17-point victory. I was telling people, I was like, Bama's uh, Florida's going to keep up, and late in the game, they're going to pull away a win by 17. The line moves to 17, and I'm like, well, what do I do now? We have to. We have to look at both sides of the ball here. Florida, we know they can move the ball. Alabama, we know they can move the ball. But Alabama will get those key stops against Florida that Florida won't get. The only way Florida covers this spread is if Alabama starts turning the ball over. And I haven't seen one thing all season from the Gators that proves that they can turn Alabama over or stop them on consecutive possessions. This is going to get ugly for the Gators. I, Yeah, the Gators are going to score their 25, 21 points. Alabama's going to score in the 50s. 100% going to score in the 50s. I think there's no doubt, man. I'm I'm all over Alabama, minus 17. And I said before the spread was released, I don't care how big the spread is, it's going to be too low. And uh, even at 17, I think it's too low. I, it, Bama is just a different kind of team this year. And just so far and above the rest of the conference this year that that, that we're not used to seeing in the SEC. But that's just how, yep. but that's just been the case. Um, Florida is not going to be able to keep up. And as you said, I really like, I want to hone on what you said about the turnovers. The only way that Florida covers his spread is if they can get a couple mistakes from Alabama, but Bama doesn't make mistakes, especially no. against an underwhelming defense that just gave up, what was it, 34, 37 points to LSU last week? That was a horrible, horrible performance. Against what? What, against Brad Johnson's son? Like, are we really f- afraid of the team that let Brad Johnson's son look like a Heisman contender? Yeah, just awful. And, and I'm going to get this off my chest. 
let me have the, the floor for two seconds. Yeah. I, I went to a wedding and I went to a wedding with all Gators fans. The, the groom was a diehard Gator. Everyone's Gators there. And this guy comes, not the groom, but one of the guys comes and looks me in the eye before the game starts and goes, Brad, Alabama will lose. Not Alabama could lose. <laughs> not Florida stands a chance. Dead in the eyes and says, Alabama will lose. Then they proceed to play LSU, and he texts me after I get back to my hotel and says, Brad, I was terribly wrong. And I said, what What have you seen all season that made you make that statement? Right. Besides, that's just a trendy thing to say, that they're going to upset Alabama. What, the last time Florida played Alabama in the SEC championship, I think we hung 52 points on them. And I was like, this is a much more explosive offense. Yeah, Bama scores 50. Uh, Florida, as you said, I I, I think 24 maybe 31 is their cap, but honestly, 31, that's that, that's way too high. I just don't, you know, it's it's like you said, Bama's defense has proven that they're going to get the stops as well. Um, Trask will get his touchdowns, but man, he's coming off his worst performance of the season, a season high two interceptions against that LSU defense. Uh, Bama's going to be feasting on that. And oh my it, God, yes. it's going to be a fun game to watch. You know, it's, it's going to be a fun blowout, uh, but Bama is going to assert their dominance in this game and Florida doesn't stand a chance. I totally agree. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. If you would have sat on this podcast and took Florida, even if Florida covers, I would have been like, Miles, we're done. <laughs> I still don't agree with your decision, right? Um, yeah, it uh, should be a great day of football, man. And, and I think that so far this year, at least for me, it's it, 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 this is going to be the best day of college football that we get by far. I mean, just oh yeah. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully all the stars align, and uh, I mean, we 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 don't have any last minute COVID concerns, and all these games, no. can, you know, can play as scheduled. Um, when all is said and done, I'm going to put you on the spot. When when all is okay. said and done, how do we think this is going to shape up? I uh, I think it's going to be Alabama number one. I think that Clemson is going to move up to number two after they dismantle Notre Dame. I think Ohio State's going to move up to number three. I think uh, Notre Dame's going to drop to four. Uh, so I think that's going to be one through four. Uh, I think Bama is going to destroy Notre Dame in the first round. I think Ohio State and Clemson is going to be close. Uh, and uh, I think I, I see that. I mean, that's how it's going to play out. I, I, no, I totally agree. And it's going to be one. I, I, I don't hope I'm wrong because I want to see Clemson destroy Notre Dame. I think it's going to be where they have to put Notre Dame at four. It's going to be so lopsided where the committee's like, we cannot reward Notre Dame Clemson and we cannot make a Notre Dame Clemson part three yeah right you know and and that's gonna be that's gonna be the the other thing I'm glad you brought that up the committee says that that they don't pay attention to that but that's complete bullshit they are absolutely paying attention to that they're not gonna match Notre Dame and Clemson uh again uh for for a third straight time if uh so so they're gonna put them on separate sides of the bracket either way um but it will be interesting uh to see how they handle that uh, but yeah, I think Notre Dame is going to fall to four. And um, I think that even if they get blown out, I still think the committee is going to put them in at four. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Because having that win over Clemson, even without Trevor Lawrence, is going to be enough for them to be like, I mean, and also who do you think is going to, who honestly is going to replace them? Like, Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. it's tough. There's there's going to be no, uh, no candidate. Um, you know, and it's interesting, man. I, you know, I, a, a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people in the college football world are talking about the playoff. And Kirk Herbstreit came out and said that college football has, you know, the worst postseason of any sport. Uh, I think there's a lot of interesting conversations that are starting to develop. And I know that everybody wants expansion. Like, 
I know that. But the stance of this podcast has been you're still going to get the same two teams in the national championship every single year. You're still yeah. going to get the same final four. You may get, you know, one crazy upset maybe once every, you know, five, ten years. I don't really know how that would go down. But as long as there is such a talent differential and such a recruiting differential that we're seeing right now between the top programs and the ones in the middle, uh, I don't see that changing. I understand the argument of, you know, give the guys a shot. Like, I get that. But at the end of the day, you're just giving them a shot to get blown out by three scores. I mean... Yeah, it's just the... the, the, the ta- when you have teams like Alabama, Clemson, even, let's even throw in Georgia, who are top 10 recruiting classes, it's just... Blue chips versus non-blue chips, yes, there will be a Cinderella story every now and then. But let's get real, everyone like the Cincinnati AD. Let's get real. Cincinnati is not going in there and winning the national championship. No, absolutely not. I'd be surprised if Cincinnati scores more than two touchdowns against an Alabama or a Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. And and for me, that's what it comes down to is that a you know, a team like that is never going to win the national championship. So what I proposed yep. was let's stop talking about expansion and let's start talking about how to realign these conferences. Let's start talking about all right, how can you give a program like Cincinnati uh or a coastal or a UCF, and give them a clear path to build a program that can be competitive with the Power Five, uh, maybe in Power Five conferences. I think that we're yes. we're at a point in this sport where the popularity is so high, and it's so dominated by great branding and great stories. And I think that it's time to start rethinking these conference alignments. And we have to. Yeah, uh, there are enough strong programs in the group of five. And I'm talking about the Appalachian State, the UCF, the Boise State, the Cincinnati. These teams that that have been so consistent in their group of five prestige and have proven to have a great fan base, great resources, um, you know, the ability to re- uh, retain great coaching, um, where I think it's time to start to find that. So, I, you know, I don't think that expansion is the answer. Because I, because I don't think that including mediocre teams just because they go undefeated in a mediocre conference, I don't think that's. I just don't think that's the way to go. No, I totally agree. There, it's <laughs> expansion does nothing at the end of the day except for saying, "Here's your participation trophy. Welcome to the playoffs." Yeah, you know. It's, so I and people talk about, uh, you know, how you know, you know, Cincinnati and UCF, they're they're not scheduling tough enough games. You know, they're they're at a disadvantage. Because these Power yep. 5 programs and these Power 5 schools are scheduling these games years in advance. And there's no room to put these group of 5 teams on here that where a loss, you know, playing them does nothing for your program. You know, it's it, – it, and it absolutely is a fear factor. Like, I, you know, if you're Ohio State, you want to put Oregon on your schedule. You don't want to put Cincinnati on your schedule or UCF. Yeah. You know, a – There's put, no reason to. Right. You, a, a loss to Oregon doesn't end your season. But a loss to Cincinnati or UCF, that completely ends your season. There's no reason for them to play that game. But we need to find a way where these group of five teams can find ways to prove themselves. Um, I, you know, I don't know what the answer is for that. I don't. But I think that that's the that's the direction that we need to go in. And I think that Kirk Herbstreit coming out, because uh, he really is a, a big voice for college football, and saying that there's a problem. Uh, I think is a big step because I think that people have been talking about it. And I know that the Twitterverse 
you know, is is always angry about. I mean, they've been so angry about Cincinnati being disrespected, and I don't disagree with them. But you know, I haven't had Cincinnati as a top ten team all year. I I think that they're ranked in the right spot. Truly, I do. No, no, Miles, listen, I totally agree. And since we're going to talk about Twitter for a second, Twitter is up in arms that Cincinnati is not closer to the top four, and they say it's a brand recognition thing where big brand names are getting benefits but are you telling me you're going to reward cincinnati for beating teams like usf yes thank you. like let's be serious like it's it's i think it's gone gotten to the point now where it's kind of like the fad you know to support the the, the g5 schools i'm a ucf alum and you know i love ucf but i'm not going to sit here and say cincinnati deserves Top four over, let's use Indiana, who Indiana is playing against tough opponents. Thank you. Having a once-in-a-generation season. We have an Iowa State who, yes, they lost to Louisiana. Bounce back and then beat, what, three ranked teams, one of them in the top ten? And you think that Cincinnati, because they beat USF by four scores? They beat UCF, who's having a down year? That stuff does not matter to the committee, and I'm sick of Twitter getting up in arms because they're not a top four team, a top five team. Like that, that's just gotta go. It, it has to, it has to go it, because I just don't think there's any place for it because it's not changing. There, it's no. not changing right now. This is the way it works. This is how college football works. It, you know, it, it, it's like a situation where it's just not enough. I mean, I remember when UCF, you know, was having all their success and UCF fans are going to think back and, and think, you know, to, to themselves that I should have enjoyed that more. I, I shouldn't yep. have been so angry about being disrespected. You should have just gone along for the ride. Um, because to have that consistency is nearly impossible as a group of five program. Um, so to find success, you know, year in and year out, that's something to be celebrated. But this this notion that Cincinnati deserves a spot in the top four, over who? I mean, over it's, who? It's kind of like these guys on Twitter never played a real, like, sport. Because if you think about any individual base sport that that has rankings and seedings, I'm gonna use wrestling for an example. If I go 32 and 0 on the season, but Locksmith down the road has has wrestled five nationally ranked guys and he split them, and those are his only losses of the season, I'm not gonna be the number one seed in the tournament because I've just wrestled against guys who are weaker than me. That's all it is, and it's, I don't I don't know how to put it in perspective for them. So many people listening to the podcast can kind of share this podcast or our information with them to be like, dudes, chill it out. Like, it, it, enough is enough. Yeah, and, you know, people are really angry. Uh, they've been angry about Georgia's ranking, and, and I know that you and I have Georgia in our top 10, and the argument yeah. is, well, they they must be looking at Georgia's recruiting rankings or whatnot. And you know what my answer to that is? Uh, yeah, they kind of are. So let me put it to you this way. A Georgia program who is recruiting at, you know, top five levels year in and year out, their only two losses are to Florida and Alabama or, uh, this year, all right? And they're winning all of their other games. They're they're competing in the most competitive conference in college football week in yes. and week out. So absolutely they deserve a top 10 spot over Cincinnati. I know I talked about Indiana last year, but come on. I mean, where is the respect for Indiana not even in the top 10? Like, what do they have That's to egregious. do? It's unbelievable. And they're putting together such a good season with so many dominant performances. Uh, not to mention a close game and seven-point loss to Ohio State. It's just, 
And 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 to think that Cincinnati should be ranked over them, it, it just I, I just don't see it. And it, it, you know, I agree that things need to change, but I don't think expansion is the answer. I think that we've got to find a way to get the Cincinnati and get the Coastal, get them into more play-in game situations. Um, yeah, you know whether that means finding a place for them in Power Five conferences. Because here, I think that if you put Cincinnati. Let's say just for example, like in the Big Ten West, I think that they would be very competitive. I think that if you put uh, a UCF in the Big Twelve, I think that they would be competitive. I think that they'd be five and four, you know, four and five. Um, but I think that they would, they, they would be competitive enough to pave their way. Uh, we we've got to find a way to do that. And I know that you know the expansion within conferences and realignment, and I know that that's very political. Um, so I don't yeah. know when that's going to happen again. But until it does. You know, this is the way it works. No, I, I totally agree, man. I'm so glad we're on the same page, but I think that we're such logical gamblers and logical football minds where we don't feed into the theatrics and in the heartstrings of smaller programs. Like, yeah, we love UCF. We love the stories, but we, we think logically. Right. All right. So just had to get that off my chest. Uh, can't wait for this weekend of football. Uh, we made it. And before you know it, we're going to be talking about the playoff games. So how about that? Awesome, dude. Awesome, dude. Um, well, man, thanks for uh, for making this work while I'm out here on vacation. Sure. And I can't wait to watch the Ohio State game with you this weekend. All right, man. I'll see you there. Uh, awesome. Peace, dude. Later.